Well, thank you, Melody and team. I love that time, don't you? I love our worship time. It is a busy week. It's a delight to have all of you explore people back and all the rest of you, too. I mean, we'd miss, the room would be kind of empty if only Explorer was here. So thank you all for coming back. Uh, it's good to have you back. I'm looking forward to a tremendous term. We finish off this series of the Book of Acts, our last chapel this series, just to get you looking forward with great anticipation, is the spirit of Christmas. Yeah, I know. And I'm hoping that Mark is just going to crowd us out with Christmas carols and all kinds of stuff like that. But I'm not trying to tell him what to do. I'm just saying I'm so looking forward to that Christmas carol or Christmas chapel. And uh, we'll look forward to whatever you have in store for us. The surprises under the tree from Mark Jonah. <laughs> Santa Jonah. Um, it is a busy week. We have board meetings on Thursday and Friday this week. JS, we're so glad you're here. And you are welcome both at management team through the year as student union president, but also in our board meetings on Thursday and Friday. So he'll be kind of out of, out of sight for some of you. But... If you happen to see some people who look old and bored, help yourself to happiness and make them feel welcome. We would love you to be part of our welcome committee, every one of you, and uh, welcome them here. Uh, they do enjoy coming. They come from all over. If you want to meet them, you will have that chance. We're having an annual general meeting at 6 o'clock on Wednesday. This is on Thursday. What day? Thursday. Thank you. Six o'clock on Thursday. Now, that's a little early for an evening meeting, but that's so that we will not crowd into the seven o'clock uh, worship arts event here. Six o'clock next door. If you'd like to come and hear a little bit about what the school is doing, maybe meet some of the board members, you are very welcome to that. It's in Parable Place, six o'clock. It will be 55 minutes, and we'd love to have all of you there if you like. Um, it'll be crowded if you all come. Come early. One last thing, it is a delight to welcome our speaker this morning. I would be so delighted to pray for him. His name is Amr Yonas. I don't know if any of you know him, but I'm hoping those of you who know him will welcome him here to the stage. I'm going to pray for him, and then he's going to get to work. Amr, come on up. Give him a hand, please. He needs, he needs your encouragement. He is a recent grad from our st program. He is just back from Pakistan, and he is going on staff at Prairie Tabernacle uh, Congregation, PTC. So you'll be seeing him around. Let me pray for you, Amr. Our Father, we thank you for this series, learning about you in your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the stories that are told to us in the book of Acts. We thank you for Amr, his commitment to you, the faithfulness of his life, your love for him. We thank you for him. We pray now that you would overflow your spirit on him, that he would be a blessing. To all of us, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning. As Mark says, my name is Amr, and uh, it's a delight for me to be able to stand here and speak today because... Uh, I admire, I love this school so much, I'm always out to uh, speak for it, you know, talk about it, defend it if I have to, or, uh, and also encourage others to join it. 
So I'm very glad to be here, and let me pray for you and for myself once again. Father, thank you for your goodness to us, for gathering us together. And I, as I open your word, talking about uh, you, the Holy Spirit, Lord, I pray that uh, students will glean much for your glory. And I pray that the words that you have put on my heart uh, will make sense to them. Give me grace, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. The subject that I'm given to talk about is the mystery of the Holy Spirit. In Pakistan and in Middle East, there is no other doctrine more questioned. There is no any other doctrine of the Bible more challenged than the doctrine of Trinity. So I'm not unique to any of this, uh, to this topic because I believe that any of my friends from Pakistan and Middle East can stand here and speak on this topic without any fear with much joy. Because this is an everyday life for us. Christians among Muslims living in a 97% you know, uh, strict Sunni country, uh, you are always bombarded about your belief uh, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Uh, Muslims disdain this. They hate this doctrine with all their heart. And let alone when you say that now this God dwells in me uh, through his Holy Spirit. And they said, you guys are out to lunch. This is absolutely, you know, yeah. impossible. The topic assigned to me today is on the mystery of God, the Holy Spirit. And the text given to me is Acts chapter 8 and 9. I consider it a great privilege and honor to speak, but at the same time, I'm nervous. Because I believe that I won't be able to do the justice with these two chapters here. As I began sharing about what God's Holy Spirit has put on my heart, I want to confess that there is so much that we can learn from these two chapters about the activity of the Holy Spirit and how He is so awesome. Brothers and sisters, if we, who is the Holy Spirit? That's the question that comes to my mind. So anything we know about the Lord Jesus Christ, anything we know about God the Father, is same true for the Holy Spirit. Because Holy Spirit is God. Holy Spirit is the promise that came to us after Jesus has returned back to take his place at the right hand of the Father, where he's always been. And he sends the Holy Spirit so that he may guide us, lead us, teach us, comfort us, convict the world of the sin, so that the mission of Jesus might be carried on until he returns back. Now, looking at Acts 8 and 9, I think the saying is trustworthy that no one can eat an elephant in one day. Neither I plan to achieve that. But I promise that I'll share the best part of the meat with you today. I also want to say the crux of my talk or the charge that I have for all of us here in the beginning, just in case I run over time and you all leave. <laughs> so here we go. The Holy Spirit of God will move you to newness of life to exalt Christ Jesus by preaching him, living Christ, walking in Christ. Now the question is, is your life exalting Christ? It was September 11, 2016. I was in Vancouver. And I just had the prompt of the Holy Spirit to go out and walk on the street there. 
And I did not want to because it was raining outside. But I felt that, okay, well, I, I'm fine. You know, I can go. I have a raincoat. I, I even have an umbrella. So I went out to walk, and then I had the prompt to go into the pharmacy for nothing. Just, just go in. And I went in, and there, by the counter, I saw a Middle Eastern man standing there, a young man like me. So I approached him, and I mean, I did not have many friends by that time. And I asked him, are you from Middle East? And he looked at me and he said, yes, I am. I said, oh, wow, wonderful. I said, you know, this is good. And, and he said, how do you know? I said, yeah, I, I think I recognize you. And I don't think so. You're going to bite me if I ask you, you know. And, and so I could be wrong or, you know, maybe I make a friend. And he said, yeah, that's right. So we start talking because it's not hard to make friends with Middle Easterns or people from Pakistan or India. It's, it's easy. And I'm proud of that. <laughs> so as we start talking, he was sharing with me how frustrated he is today. He's frustrated because this is his first time out of Saudi Arabia, and he had moved to Canada. He, him and his wife actually chose Canada over the States to come here and be student here for six months. And I said, what is your frustration? His name was Tamar. And he said, my wife, for the first time, we were going on to visit the downtown, and we did not know that it is September 11, while we were told even in home country, don't go out that day. And while him and his wife are on the train, somebody at the train yelled at them and said, what are you doing here? Why are you here, you killers? Go back to your country. And he said, this was very difficult for my wife. She comes home, she's crying, and she said, where are we? Like, are we going to be killed here? Because we thought Canada was the good country to go to because it's a Christian country. We have trouble with the U.S., but Canada might be a good place to go. But they said we were wrong about that. So then it was my opportunity to step in, and I wanted to divert his attention in order to counsel him, in order to help him. And I said, Tomer, what do you do? And he said, I can't tell you my position, but I can tell you that I work for the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, and they have sent me here to learn English because I'm going to be raised in my status at my company. And they said, it's very important for you to learn English because you're going to be the international delegate and meeting the delegation. So he said, I decided, yeah, for sure, I can go and learn English. And I said, Tomer, this is wonderful because I myself been a student and I'm on an internship here. And so we start talking and I said, what are you studying? And I said, I'm, I'm graduated, but I also work for a kingdom. And he said, what kingdom? And I said, I work for God's kingdom. And so that catches attention. <laughs> and so we start talking. It's, it, to me, before even I could surprise him, listen, I was shocked the way he told me what he works for. He works for the kingdom. Did you catch that word? That was his dedication to his country. That was his, that's how he thought of his work. He works for the kingdom. And when we work for the kingdom, you are loyal. When you work for the kingdom, you are trustworthy. When you work for the kingdom, you are obliged. You are under obligations. And he was meeting all of those by keeping the thing secret that needs to be secret and also being, uh, you know, doing the work for his kingdom, that the task he's given. So we end up talking, and I told him that I, I'm, a, I'm a pastor here, and I've studied to study Bible. And he said, Christian from Pakistan? Never seen that before. So... <laughs> It just gave me another opportunity of opening up and talking to him. For next 
four months before I had to leave uh, during the Christmas, Tamar and I were visiting two, visiting two to four hours every day on Vancouver streets. I got a Bible for him and his wife, and they both have the Bible. I end up talking about Jesus and around the, the whole uh, theology of Trinity, around the birth of Jesus, because he said, I did not know there is so much to talk about Jesus. He said, I did not know that, you know, you, you can actually know so much about Jesus. Even though the Quran itself has the most references about Jesus, still it's very little. It's very basic. But as the spirit was leading, as his hunger grew, we were talking and opening scriptures and buying coffees for each other. And his wife is calling him to be home. And he said, just 10 minutes, just half an hour. Same for me. You know, like, okay, just 10 minutes, just half an hour. And we are together for four hours. It was an amazing opportunity. Tamar and his family, I found out they left in February. I could not see him. But my last conversation with him, I remember I said, Tamar, I'm going back to Pakistan to be with my family. But uh, I can tell you that all what I have shared with you is the truth. And if you ever feel that you are alone and your kingdom has left you, you can always come to this kingdom and Jesus Christ will accept you to be your own. And you can even do this on your deathbed from 80 years now, from 60 years now. I left him with the hope in Jesus Christ. This is the similar thing is happening in Acts 9, 8 and 9. Believers are on run for their life because the persecution has broke out against Christians because the message of the cross is not acceptable to them. And there are very passionate people who are out to kill Christians and among those passionate we have one by name, Saul of Tarsus. He is persecuting believers thinking that he can finish this movement. But it was just the beginning of it and such a mighty one that it was out of control. And he said, I need to do something great against that, about it, to stop it. But he could not. Because listen, in Acts 11, 19 to 24, just, uh, it tells us what was happening among the scattered believers. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to one, to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists, also preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number of who believed turned to the Lord. Mystery of the Holy Spirit is that when the Holy Spirit indwells in us, we cannot stop we cannot help ourselves but speak about Jesus Christ. Preach him. People can see in our eyes that you are different. And I don't know how many times Christians in Pakistan have had this comment said by Muslims. There is something different about you. The mystery of the Holy Spirit is not a mystery like as we have the Eastern religion or as you, we have, you know, something like even of this uh, Simon the magician who was keeping people astonished. The mystery of Christ is actually life-giving. The mystery of Christ, when the Holy Spirit dwells in us, he's not bringing attention to Armour or to President Mark or to Mr. Glenn or to whoever. We are all dedicated to exalt the name of Lord Jesus Christ through our actions, words, and whatever we do. And when a person does that, 
know that he have the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not sitting there and judging, you know, everyone. Oh, does he have the Holy Spirit? Does he exalt? No, when you will meet them, when you will be in communication with them, when you will see them, you will see that, yeah, this man is out to exalt Jesus Christ. He's sold out for the gospel. And you will be drawn to them. And that's the best place Christian can be in our Christian walk. So there are two mysteries of the Holy Spirit that I have gathered through this, uh, this text, Acts chapter 8 and 9. And among many of the mysteries of the Holy Spirit, as he works and moves, and the Holy Spirit is on the move. But for the time's sake, I have narrowed it down to two. When a believer is indwelled by the Holy Spirit, they proclaim Christ. Just imagine if you are running for your life, and you are running for your life by doing something, I don't think so you will have the gut to repeat that same act while you are at a different place. You will do something, you'll say, oh man, I'm already in trouble because of this, why am I repeating that? But that's not true with the people filled of the Holy Spirit. Because wherever they are, they are doing the same job. They are working for the same kingdom, for one and only kingdom. They cannot help themselves but speak about that kingdom. And that's what happens under the influence of the Holy Spirit, in dwelling of the Holy Spirit. Acts 8 and 5, it says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. Philip, who's full of the Holy Spirit, He's also running for his life. He reached Samaria. When he gets to Samaria, he's doing the same thing. He's preaching Christ to them. And by preaching Christ, he became the pioneer to start the church in Samaria. But there was also another man who was full of the Spirit, but he did not have the Holy Spirit. That was a counterfeit spirit. And even after he saw the wonders that the apostles were doing, he did not turn to repent. He actually wanted to add into his prestige. And God rejects him. And Peter rebukes him. Acts 8 and 12 carry on with this uh, mystery of the Holy Spirit. But when they believed Philip as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. When Philip was obedient while he was on run his life, he saw the wonder, people repenting, turning to Christ. We see again in Acts 8 and 35, then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus and I'm talking about the Ethiopian eunuch. That, that, that would have been an amazing thing for me to actually, you know, talk about the magician spirit and then the Holy Spirit who reaches. But, but I, I, I was led to talk about this mystery that, you know, how when we have true convictions about Jesus Christ, we can proclaim him no matter how long or what the cost is. Philip <clears throat> is sitting there. I don't know where, but he's somewhere. He's sitting and then the Holy Spirit comes to him and God comes to him and he said, what are you doing here? Go out to the desert. There is an Ethiopian eunuch going home. You got to go and reach him. Now I bet we all must have heard sermons on the Ethiopian eunuch. So this is, I'm not going to preach on the Ethiopian eunuch. But what I want to emphasize is 
that he took the, took the risk. He's getting close to the protocol of that high-profile delegation, and he even dares to ask or yell at that man in his buggy, and he said, what are you reading? Now, this, this is very surprising here because I don't know how possible it is for us when an entourage or a protocol of some sort of, let's say for the President of the United States going. Just imagine if we try to reach to that protocol, what will happen? Or for, for you know, for, for making the idea from home, in Pakistan, this is a, a understood law that when a protocol is, you know, going by you, you don't come close to that because you will be shot dead. Because in Pakistan, high-profile people are always on target, and if somebody is approaching toward their protocol, that means they want to blow off the, the, the minister or whoever is in that uh, protocol. But he takes the risk. When we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit, we are out to take risk because we know who's leading us. That's what he does. He takes the risk. He, he goes beside the, the protocol and he said, uh, Mr. Ethiopian or Mr. Eunuch. Like, <laughs> we don't know how he addressed him, but he said, do you understand? What are you reading? And he said, how could I if somebody won't explain me? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus Christ. Again, he's preaching. He's preaching to him. Well, I mean, some of us can say, okay, the mystery of the Holy Spirit is preaching, but I don't think so. It, 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 you know, it, it resonates with me, it clicks with me, because I'm not a preacher. Uh, I'm in a, you know, for... Pardon me if I'm wrong, but, but don't say that I'm in an explore program or I'm in a, you know, such and such program or pilot program and we don't have to be preacher. We need to be doing our work, fly planes, you know, and, you know, make sure that people are safe in the wilderness. Well, I don't think so. It's true because Prairie College, look at its mission and its model. They are committed that anyone who comes through these doors, anyone who comes here must know Christ and make him known. So they desire for all of us to be preachers of Christ. So all of us are preachers. We, we don't find that the believers who are on, on run for their life, we, we don't find any history that they went to Bible college first and then they went out to preaching while they were running for their lives. There were no colleges. Even we find this, you know, with the, when Peter is standing before the Sanhedrin and they said, uh, who is this junkie? He never went to even school. How can he know so much? And he said, no, these are the men who's been with Jesus. That's why they are able to preach Jesus. Brothers and sisters, when we will have the Holy Spirit of God living in us, we will be preachers. And we are called to be preachers. Now, preaching doesn't have to happen from the pulpit, or preaching doesn't have to happen through radio program or whatever. But I think when we preach, when we talk about Jesus, I think this is a preaching of any sort. So Philip, filled with the Holy Spirit under this mystery, that indwells in him is preaching. The people who are running for their life, they are preaching. And then we see in Acts 8 and 40, after he's done his job, he thought maybe my job is done, okay, now I can rest. And the Spirit said, no, you have to disappear, and now I have something else for you. And then he goes into Acts 8 and 40, it says, that, but Philip found himself at Azotus. This is amazing work of the Holy Spirit, like he's just disappeared. Sometimes I wish I have to say we are fair and just disappear to, you know, wherever I want to be. 
But that's not true. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he passed through, he preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. Now back to this uh, terrorist, back to this you know, persecutor of the church, the man who's mentioned here by name, Paul of Tarsus. Dr. Luke tells us about the fate of the worst enemy of Christians that time, the young soul. Acts 9 is all focused around Paul and his testimony and how the Lord witnessed him. This is an amazing passage. And one of the beauty I do want to mention is that God is not in need of any man to come alongside and work with him. God doesn't need. But I tell you, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, when we believe in Jesus, and if we don't come alongside, it is us who are losing, not God. Paul is reached by the Lord Jesus himself. No human agency, nothing. Jesus appears to him, and he said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you? And he said, I'm the Lord Jesus Christ whom you are persecuting. But go to, uh, to the city, and whatever you have to told, do will be told to you. He goes there. And then the unheard happened. Ananias, a believer who is in that city, is scared for his life. He's scared because the news of Paul coming there is already reached and believers are hiding. But the mystery of the Holy Spirit is that the Lord Jesus has already reached him and Paul is repenting. Paul understood that what he was after. Later he tells us in his testimony, he says, God told me don't kick against the God. Like don't keep hurting yourself. You are not going anywhere. So people indwelled by the Holy Spirit, they preach Christ. The second mystery of the Holy Spirit according to our text is that a person filled with the Holy Spirit is obedient to Christ's command. With all who were scattered because of the persecution in Jerusalem were obeying the command, the great commission of the Lord Jesus Christ. As he says, go into all the word and preach them the gospel. Even in Acts, we find that he says, now, you know, you begin this mission, you will carry on this mission beginning in Jerusalem, Samaria, Judea, and to the ends of the earth. And they understood that. They understood the times. They understood the, the situation they are in, their circumstances. They understood that this is not something by accident happening to us. This is not something by, you know, chance happening to us. It is actually the Lord who's on the move. It is the Holy Spirit who's on the move. Because if the church just established in Jerusalem, we'll be all good here. We'll be all fine here. Because it's home. But the Holy Spirit said, no, there is more work to do. And so what he does, God uses under his sovereignty the tool of persecution. So they are living. They are not dead yet. But once they are scattered, they go and they preach Christ. They start preaching Christ. They were obedient to the commandment of the Lord. They were not silent. There was nothing could silent them. As I've read before, Acts 11, 19, 21, that all of them were preaching. Some were just preaching to the Jews because this makes more sense. They have the scriptures in hand. And they said, okay, let me show you how Christ is the Lord according to the Old Testament. And they were preaching in Phoenicia, in Cyprus, in Antioch. But some of them were brave enough speaking to the Gentiles. 
So the mission to the Gentiles were already started there. I noticed one thing that, you know, even in my own life, to, to be able to witness for Jesus, we need, we need the power of the Holy Spirit, but we also need the gut to, to go. And, and we can have guts to go and preach the gospel when we will have the conviction. When we fully understand, when we are fully sold out for the gospel and we say, yeah, Jesus is the, the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. If that is true, I'm going to stand by this and I'm going to preach that. I'm going to make it known. And again, I'm coming back to the motto of this school. Beautiful motto. I think it sums up the, the whole Christian life. The whole Christian life is to know Jesus as much as possible while we are on this earth and then keep him make knowing. Keep doing that. This is, this is, I think, a sum up of a Christian life. It's a beautiful model. Believers were forced to leave their cities and were obedient to carry on Jesus' mission by preaching Christ to the places they went. Philip preached in Samaria. And then Philip is sitting Listen to the words. He, he says in, in 27, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go. That's a commandment. Rise and go toward the south, to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. He's acting. God the Holy Spirit wants to do the mysterious work, but he invites humans to be, to be co-workers with him. And he obeys. We see in Acts 9 verse 11, Saul was an influential and powerful enemy of Christians. Believers everywhere feared his name. They might have prayed or wished his death. But the Lord appears to Ananias and commands him to reach out to Saul. And he obeys and witness a wonder of life that the staunch enemy become a brother now. This is a very beautiful word here that we need to take note of. In Pakistan, we used to say Taliban, is, the, the good Taliban is a dead Taliban. But it's changing. God is reaching out to the most wicked men on this earth who have done worst atrocities against humanity. But I have personally met some of them who have repented and come to know the Lord. And this is an amazing, this, this is an amazing So Ananias is scared of this, this terrible man. I don't know if, you know, we want to go out and, and, you know, visit our enemy without, you know, we have any friends or anyone with us. I don't want to go alone. I don't know if he have his AK-47 with him or if he have the sharpest knife on him. No, please, somebody come with me so that I may, you know, you may be able to defend me. But Ananias is scared. He's like, Lord, no, I don't know if this is a nighttime or daytime. The text doesn't tell us, but, but Jesus appears to him and he said, again. He says, rise and go. This is again a commandment. Under the influence, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the mystery is that he is ready to taste the risk because he is filled with the Holy Spirit and he cannot disobey the Holy Spirit. He's obedient to the commands of the Lord. And brothers and sisters, that's my second point for people indwelled by the Holy Spirit will do the mysterious things when they will be obedient. And he was. And then Ananias went to Saul, and he saw the wonder of his life. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus heals you. And he was healed, and he was baptized. 
And the next thing Paul started doing, immediately, the scripture says that immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue saying, he is the son of God. Just uh, at a town, uh, the, the convenience store in our town, I have uh, some of the Pakistani uh, friends come work there and had a great opportunity of uh, talking to them and telling about my work and all this, which was, again, a surprise for them. But it was good, you know, because then we were start talking. It's the same language. We, uh, you know, with one of the friends there, I know even we know same people from Pakistan, which was quite the surprising among 200 million people, you know. And so... So that was amazing. But one of the questions he had for me, he said, I, I never get to ask this in Pakistan, but he said, how Christians in Pakistan are so poor but so content? How is that possible? Again, a huge opportunity for me to share the peace that the Holy Spirit is giving to the believers in Pakistan. And without going too much detail, but I said, you know what, Raza, the, the truth is that in the church, we proclaim and believe in the hope that the Lord Jesus gives us and he has laid up for us in heaven. And that gives us hope and that makes us content. And then the very thing that you Muslims deny we have in us is the Holy Spirit who comforts us in through when we have challenges all around us. This led to an amazing conversation. This led to an amazing opportunity. He introduced me to four of his friends, and I'm encouraging them that, you know what, Christians are not your enemy in Pakistan. I was able to talk about a few of the legal things that are against in Pakistan, and those men were convinced that they are wrong. Yes, they should be stopped. And they said, you know, Amr, we can assure you that we are going to tell our families, we're going to tell in our village that you see we are not thinking, looking at the other side of the coin. We are just walking on what we are told. Just because now they are better acquainted with Jesus. And my desire is that they will come to know the Jesus that I believe in. That this college, which is just opposite to them, believes in and preaches. But then again, you know, the, the evil is also working against, you know, the work of the Holy Spirit as well. And they told me that there was a, one lady walked to the store and and she told them up on their feet, oh, you, you Pakistanis, I don't like you. Get out of our town. And, and, she said, and, and he said, who are you? And she said, oh, I'm Christian. You guys are Muslim. And he said, I don't think so. You are Christian because we have met Christians. <laughs> Isn't that, you know, an amazing statement coming from a Muslim? I don't know who that lady is. He did not show me the video as well. I would have loved to see, you know, but, but he could not. But this is someone from the town, and I hope it's not from the college. That's, you know, that's my desire. But I know, I know you are out there. So we need to encourage them. We need to tell them what true indwelling of the Holy Spirit looks in believers. So brothers and sisters, we have work to do. But it will be only possible when men and women who claim to be Christians will be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And please don't, does not, don't get me wrong that we are not. Because if you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and he is the only son of God incarnate in flesh which lived and died and is resurrected from the dead to save sinners then this is evidence of the Holy Spirit in you. Because we cannot say these things, believe these things without having the Holy Spirit in us. Look at the rest of the world. They can't, they don't. That means they don't have the Holy Spirit. 
But if we believe the gospel, then we have the Holy Spirit in us. But what I'm trying to say is that we can all quench the Holy Spirit. We can all be disobedient to the Holy Spirit. We can all actually lose our opportunity to preach Christ when we have the opportunity. Because it's intimidating. Maybe I don't know enough. Maybe, you know, the person that I want to share is, a, you know, like Ananias. No, Jesus, no Saul. Please don't involve him in the family. Jesus said, no. He's a chosen vessel for me. You never know who God is choosing. You never know who God wants to reach through, through you. Just imagine that if Philip and Ananias would have refused to obey in Acts 8 and 9, God would have still accomplished his purposes because there is nothing that can stop his work. But for Philip and Ananias, what great joy they would have missed. What great joy they would have missed. God's purpose still would have been accomplished because God is able to do everything and he's able, period. But if there are willing men and women who are sold out for the gospel, we are all inadequate in our own ability, but believers filled and led by the Holy Spirit will witness wonders of our Heavenly Father even today. Because the Holy Spirit is on the move for Christ's sake. And we ourselves will experience the mysteries of the Holy Spirit. Amen.